0: Hi, sexy listeners. I'm Dr. Tammy. Welcome to The Trouble with Sex. I can't wait to introduce you to Gigi Engel, my guest today. She's an award-winning feminist author, a certified sex coach and sexologist and sex educator, and a goddess on social media. She promotes and teaches about pleasure-based sex ed, masturbation, and safer sex practices. And recently, which is what caught my eye. She was talking about alien vibrators, which we're definitely going to talk about today. And her article, she writes extensively. She's been in Cosmo, Marie Claire, Elle Magazine, Teen Vogue, Glamour, Women's Health. In 2019, she was named Journalist of the Year at Sexual Freedom Awards. And we're going to talk to her about her book called All the Fucking Mistakes, A Guide to Sex, Love, and Life. Help us spread the love. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and take a minute to give us five stars or write a great review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do we love to hear your feedback, your support really makes a difference. It's gonna help other people who are looking for advice about their relationships and sexual wellness. We have lots of amazing guests coming up, so subscribe so you don't miss a thing. We love and appreciate all of you. And thank you so much for your continued support. Thank you so much for being here today live from London, England. Absolutely, thank you so much for
1: having me. I'm really excited.
0: I'm excited to have you. You are when I say you're a social media goddess, like you are you are doing it. Like I I feel like an oldster when I see your social media. You're out there like doing the TikTok dance and no You're like, you're out there. You're having it. You are teaching people about sexual pleasure and you're doing sex ed in the way that it should be done. Like you're looking like it's fun.
1: Well, you know, the secret to making a really good uh, series of videos for TikTok is to just make sure it's a hair washing day and then take a bunch of videos of you <laughs> randomly dancing in front of the camera and then you have them in your camera roll to make all your educational videos later. Wait, I don't understand the hair washing and the dancing. Like what are those Because well my do. my my hair has to be washed to look good on the camera. Uh, so when my hair looks good, then I just dance in front of the camera for like 5 to 7 like different 15 second videos. And then they're in my camera roll for whenever I want to make a little like ditty. Ah, okay.
0: Well, yeah, you do like the video and then you do like the words over it. And like, uh, you know, my producer is probably laughing in the background because I am a total fail. I try to do like Instagram live and my social media person and my producer are like, oh my God, damn it! Yes, you're live. And I'm like, I'm live. Wait. And I like shut it off. And then I come back and they're like, there's people on like, you can't just turn it off. Oh my God. I'm so bad at it. So why do you think that social media has become such a great platform for teaching people about sex? Like, what is this? What's happening?
1: Honestly, it's it's really access. I mean, it's no secret that Instagram and Facebook's, you know, who owns Instagram is kind of cracking down more on sex. But Mm -hmm. the fact is, is that like TikTok and which is actually quite sex negative, even though people think otherwise. Hmm. These social media platforms are basically the only access that people have to sex education. That's so true. Outside of you know excellent books like yours and like mine if i do say so myself it's like these are the ways that people are getting their sex education because they're not learning it from school they're not learning it from their parents they're le- either learning it from hardcore pornography that they see when they google the word penis uh-huh. or they're learning it from social media uh-huh. so it's really the only place you can go for sex positive education yeah but they block all my urls like you can't say anything
0: about sex and they just take it
1: down i mean it's it's difficult that's the thing. It's like that. It's kind of like, a right now Instagram is like the hail Mary of, of sex education and they're doing everything in their power to make it difficult. Like when I write sex education captions for my posts, I have to censor everything so heavily where like I spell sex with like S like, and sign X underscore U a L so, that like the Instagram robots won't pick it up right away. They're very, very fast learning. So they catch on pretty quickly, but it's the only way to not get completely shadow banned.
0: It's so true.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to trick these robots because like they're so sex negative. Shockingly, these companies run by men who are terrified by the idea of like liberated female sexuality in particular.
0: Yeah. And you're out there talking about like the vulva. <laughs> you know, and like, this is the, your pleasure center of your body. And let's talk about the clitoris. I mean, it's not like you're talking about like sex slaves.
1: Yes, exactly. And my, my content is very, you know, I'm a training therapist myself. I keep things very educational. It's not like I'm stripping on camera, which I honestly think like should be allowed, but like maybe on a different platform because they're under 18ers, but like, it's all just educational stuff. But on Instagram will allow me to have like my vulva puppet, or my little like clitoris model. But on TikTok, if they see the clitoris model, <gasps> they take the video down. No
0: kidding.
1: I didn't know yeah. they were anti-clitoris. Oh, they consider it. They're much, they're much stricter about what's considered obscene.
0: Wow. I had no idea. So like men can dance on there, like in their underwear, but women can't hold up a clitoris model.
1: Or they can do like huge advertising boosts where women are com- barely wearing a G-string for like teeth whitening products, and that's completely fine. But if I post a photo of myself fully closed, holding a vulva puppet, it gets taken down. If if you want to see some of my posts, you have to physically go to my profile. It won't be in your feed. Even if you follow me, it won't be in your feed, won't be searchable, anything like that. You have to like search my name, go to my profile, find the piece of content, and then like it.
0: Oh my God, this is like mind-blowing to me. This is a fight, you know, that women have to deal with because pleasure doesn't have to do with family planning and so you know women's mm-hmm. orgasm is like secondary.
1: Yeah, the idea that a like a woman's orgasm is secondary, almost like a unnecessary but like, you know, happy accident if it happens during sex and that's how we view it, that's like such a messed up way to consider sexuality for young young women and young people who have clitorises. It's just like the idea that your pleasure is secondary to male pleasure is it's gross. Yeah, and it's not a great message
0: to people who have penises either.
1: It's really not. No, I mean, I, I had today I did an interview that was oh my gosh, one of the most sex. It was like so bizarre. I was asked if I wanted to do an interview about the gag reflex, and I was like, oh, I'm happy to talk about the gag reflex. One of my favorite things to talk about because I love spouting off the information about reflexive body functions, and like the, the questions were so bizarre, like so clearly hetero male focused, being like what do you, how do you get your partner to want to, to deep throat? How do you get your partner to do it? Even if they have a gag reflex, how do you train out your gag reflex? And I was like, what the hell are these questions? Have you ever asked your partner what they would like to have happen during sex? Because this is sounding like you're trying to force somebody to not throw up on your penis. (laughs) Without consent, right? I was very snarky in my replies, to say the least. What did you say? I want to
0: hear one of your snarky replies.
1: I was like, an important note, if you are a person who is trying to train out your gag reflex and that's something that you find sexy and you would like to do, that's very important. If you're doing it because your partner really wants you to deep throat, I would beg you to question your motivations for this because you can use like a a dildo or a banana and like, it takes a lot of work. You can train your throat to relax, to deep throating, but it's very uncomfortable and it takes a lot of commitment. So I was like, you really have to question your reasons for it. And then they were like, how do you make it go away? And I was like, if you may, I was like, I was like, you really wouldn't want that to happen because that's a reflexive body reaction to not choke or swallow a toxic substance. So you would die. So I'm going to go with probably don't. (laughs) Good answer. You're not supposed to get face fucked by dicks. It's just like, It's against they, nature. They, people see it. I in don't know. Porn, in the background, like, going, "Well, <laughs> well." I mean, people do it, and if you if you're a woman or a person who likes to suck penises and you enjoy getting face good on you. You do you. Like that is awesome. But the idea that all women want a deep throat, it's like you're watching mainstream pornography where these are actresses who get paid money to be good at this. It's their job. It's like asking somebody to learn how to drive by watching Tokyo Drift.
0: (laughs) So what does it mean for you to be a sex ed feminist? Like how do these things come together for you?
1: I mean, I think sex education and feminism can't be unlinked. Mm -hmm. Also, if your feminism isn't intersectional and taking into account minority sexualities, people of color who I, as a cis white heterosexual presenting though openly bisexual woman have so much privilege, like just in that space. But I, I don't think that you can be a proper sex educator without believing in equal rights for all genders. Mm -hmm. And being a feminist doesn't mean being anti-man and it doesn't mean hating men. It doesn't It doesn't mean that at all. It simply means having an egalitarian view of sexuality and an egalitarian understanding of who deserves pleasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 patriarchy and non and people who are against feminism. It doesn't just harm women. It doesn't just harm trans people or people of like sexual minorities. It harms cis heterosexual men just as much. Like the ways that we're seeing a rise in erectile dysfunction. We're seeing problems with death grip, which is where boys are watching hardcore porn very early and like furiously masturbating without any kind of lube or sex education and they become so desensitized because their hands are so rough that they can't have partnered can't get erections with partners i mean it's not permanent but it's like they have trouble having erections but their their masculinity is so tied to their erections that they They don't have the proper language to be able to navigate those situations.
0: Right. They've trained themselves to only find arousal or desire in a certain way. And it's hard to retrain Mm -hmm. themselves in a relational perspective.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like a habitual way of, it's like masturbation is not addictive. And uh, I mean, it can be a compulsive behavior. It's not addictive, but you can become habituated to a certain kind of, of touch. And we don't have the education where we teach young boys First of all, like how to use help, like how to use lubricant, which would be like a huge deal. How to masturbate in different ways, and all because we don't talk about masturbation at all. It's just kind of like w- women can't do it; they don't do it. That would be horrible. They would all we'd all go to hell. And then men, it's kind of like a unfortunate truth that we just like accept. We don't talk about it. <laughs> it's yeah, it. it's like we just accept that those boys boys will be boys.
0: Yeah, and they should do it in their room and sneak it mm-hmm. and hide it. Yeah. Which, you know, begins a lifelong world of shame for most men.
1: Yes. And like the, Mm -hmm. speaking of like, just like lifelong work, like cycles of shame, it's like we not only don't talk about masturbation, we refuse to use the anatomical words for body parts when we talk to children because we're so afraid of, quote, like sexualizing kids when really study after study has shown that like being open and comprehensive with sex education using the proper anatomical words actually results in having sex later. It results in better understanding of consent. It results in a better understanding of your rights. And we just like really need people to stop being such assholes about this.
0: (laughs) Asshole being (laughs) the correct terminology.
1: (laughs) The scientific term, actually. You mean we shouldn't call it a JJ
0: Is that what you're saying?
1: Like a JJ or like a pookie, or like like a like a, a moof? I'm like, all right, like it's a vulva. Relax.
0: Tell us about how all this is affecting dating today. I mean, I'm I've been out of the dating pool for a long time. Okay, like I'm my second marriage. I don't think I could go back to dating today. You know, even in an open relationship, dating has like a certain you know, there's a certain ease to it because everyone sort of knows the rules. And to start fresh all over again with all these dating apps and all these, like, these issues around consent and swiping, how, how is that working today?
1: I mean, I'm married as well. I mean, no, no I don't have the uh, seniority <laughs> that you do, but like, I mean, I, the
0: seniority,
1: I should say, like, I mean, like, I, like, who am I? I've been married for like, I'll be two years in July. Like, I have nothing on you. Like,
0: congratulations. Come on.
1: Oh, thank you. As far as like the way that the dating pool is, and I mean, most of my friends are like incredibly intelligent, incredibly awesome, like well-educated and very successful women and non-binary people. And they get treated like shit Mm. by dudes, by these. like. And I think that I wasn't, and the clients that I work with, like both in the therapy room and in my coaching practice, they, they take stuff from dudes that like, I thought we were done with just basic misogyny, asking questions like how many partners you've had sex with on a first date, being okay with somebody who's like, and this was shocking to me the other day, but somebody who's a Trump supporter and an anti-vaxxer. Mm. And then my friend went on a second date with them. Wow. And I was like, how in the world with access like me, are you going on a second date with this person? And it's it's really shown me that like, you know, women are still, women and, and sexual minorities in general are still so subjugated by the male libido and by male pleasure and by these strict patriarchal misogynistic rules of gender roles that it's hard. It was, it's always shocking to me because I think that, I live inside of this little. My husband always says that that I live inside of a bisexual, a bisexual queer bubble, where I like I'll assume that you're either bisexual, queer, or gay, unless you tell me otherwise, and I'll basically assume that you're if you're in a relationship that it's non-monogamous unless you tell me otherwise. Well, so you have like a different <laughs>
0: skewed viewpoint. Someone that someone who might be living in a different yeah. part of the U.S.
1: Yes, and I mean most of my clients are not like. I have like a couple of clients who are, who are bisexual or or in open relationships. Most of them are, you know, very much heterosexual, like living a very, I guess what I would consider like normative life, which is for most people, just everyday life. And it it definitely, it's interesting. And it's also disturbing when I have to step outside of that comfort zone. And realize that like not everybody has the same privilege that I do to live inside of this like queer happy place.
0: Not everyone who's queer is happy.
1: Well, that's true. But like I live in my little like sex positive queer bubble where like everybody's like a freelance journalist (laughs) and a sexologist (laughs) and like they have dildos hanging from the walls my wall in my bedroom is just all of like our room is decorated with fairy lights. And then all of our BDSM gear is like hanging <laughs> on the walls. That's my realities. But I think the reality of like dating apps and is that like, you know, dating apps have made ever have made dating so much more accessible and so much harder for people. There's a lot of choice. I think when you're online for men, there's almost like there's, there are fewer boundaries mm. to like how gnarly you can be to somebody. Well,
0: and there's so much expectation that you're just going to have sex on the first date to see if you like each other. It didn't yes. used to be that way. It used to be, be like, okay, we'll see if we like each other and then we'll sleep together. Even if it's pretty quick, you know, now it seems like that's like the, the filter.
1: I mean, I basic my like basic advice now for people is to have a video date with somebody before you commit to an IRL date, especially with like the pandemic. And somebody, you both have to be vaccinated in order to, if someone says they're not vaccinated or haven't been, or like against being vaccinated, do not go out with that person. That's a huge red flag.
0: Do you demand to see their vaccination card? I mean, is that going to be a thing I mean, now?
1: I, I, I think you can't, I don't think it's unreasonable to ask for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needs, it's necessary that everybody asks for that. It's okay to like trust people if you, if that's your choice. I don't think it's unreasonable to be like, I want to see your vaccine status. It's like, covid is deadly yeah people freak out about the herpes virus freak out about covid it can kill you
0: so tell us why you wrote your book all the fucking mistakes a guide to sex love and life
1: so the book came out in 2019 and i like to think of it as a time capsule of who i was at that time it's a wait
0: how old were you at the time can you tell us
1: 26, 27. Okay. I wrote it when I was like still living in New York. It was like very much like when I was in a stage of my life where I was heavily into both journalism and also very much into oversharing. (laughs) And I mean, I still overshare like plenty. So it's a lot of personal stories. I also, but it's like, I think it's very empowering. It's also much more sweary than I am now. Is that why I it's called of,
0: all the fucking mistakes?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I say fuck like every other sentence. <laughs> I actually made like a full collage of my book because I believe in celebrating your achievements, especially as women, where it's like the book, I'm looking at it now, it's like the book and then a bunch of pages of it. And if you there's not a page that isn't like, what the fuck? This is fucking bullshit <laughs> on every single one. I wrote the book because it just it there was something missing in the market of just kind of like. Everybody needed a big sister to just be like, this is how you do it. This is what you need to know about sex. This is what you need to know about getting too drunk and feeling regret the next day. This is what you need to know about consent. This is what you need to know about lube. This is what you need to know about sex toys. This is what you need to know about BDSM. Here's the advice that I wish I had, get, I had known when I was a, like, a, in high school and college. And here you go.
0: That's a great idea. And I appreciate that you interviewed me for your book, too, by the
1: way. Yes. And your advice was absolutely invaluable. It was like incredible. I interviewed a ton of experts, you being one of them. It sounds
0: like you maybe had a little, you know, anger that you needed to get out.
1: It is there and owned in the book. I'm like, this is going to be a real homage to like all the girls who were told to be good girls Mm -hmm. and all the girls who were told not to be that kind of girl. Because fuck that.
0: (laughs) You were breaking out. We'll be right back. If you've ever been interested in becoming a sex therapist or a sexuality counselor, find out more at integrativesextherapyinstitute.com or istitraining.com, I-S-T-I training.com. ISTE trains... Therapists to be the best sex and couples therapist that they can be. Classes are easy, they're online. You can download information anytime and apply today. That's istetraining.com Integrative Sex Therapy Institute. We have a question from a listener. Lori says, I'm a woman, I'm out there dating and I love men. I consider myself a feminist and I feel like it's up to us women to help change the paradigm when it comes to gender roles. How do we women help shift men's expectation when it comes to sex without shaming and alienating them? Oh, that's a good question for you.
1: That's an excellent question for me. I mean, you're not incorrect, Lori. It is women's responsibility to help shift the paradigm, but that is not all. It is everybody's responsibility to help shift the paradigm and putting that kind of responsibility on women as like, we have enough shit that we already have to do. Uh, (laughs) We we have too much shit. I was like, (laughs) too much shit. We really don't need another responsibility that's entirely falling on us. It's not our, it's not your job to tell a man where like what a clitoris is. It's not really your job to say that you're not down to deep throat. It's not your job to say that you deserve to be treated like a human being. It's society's job to change. And so putting that kind of onus on a woman is not particularly it's not particularly fair and nor is it like nor is it going to get the ex- get the results that we would like, which is gender equality. The only way that we can really have gender equality to have everybody being treated as if they were a normal human being is to like, is to burn the patriarchy to the ground.
0: Yeah. But how do we, how do we change society if women don't stand up and say, this is what my clitoris is. This is where it is. This is where
1: you find it. I'm not saying it's not women's responsibility. I'm saying it's everybody's responsibility. So the, it's like not just women who are responsible to be like, this is the clitoris. This is what you need to do. This is like where I it is everybody's responsibility. Like, this is what I like. This is what it's your, like your response. You're the only person who's responsible for your orgasm. Right. Let me just say that. So masturbate, figure out what you like, be very, the more comfortable you get with your own body, the easier it becomes to have the language to express it. Use lube, carry lube in your purse with you. A good organic lube that isn't like disgusting KY jelly. That's full of gnarly ingredients if it doesn't have the pH listed on the product, don't buy it. That's kind of like my catchphrase. And if, and if you're with somebody like a male person who is, who sneers at you for wanting to use lube or says stupid shit, like, Oh, don't worry. I'll get you wet enough and then skips foreplay and tries to just like penetrate you. Mm-mm. Then you probably shouldn't see that person again because they are dumb and it's not really your responsibility to educate them. It's a, it's, It is kind of, it it can be important and empowering to be like, you don't really know what you're, what you're doing. Funny personal example. I, I was having casual sex with a guy for a while. He was like a, you know, C plus lay, whatever, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, not great, whatever, but you know, he was there. It was convenient. And I was getting ready to go home and he was like asking me if I orgasmed, and I was like, No, of course not. Like we just had like kind of random intercourse, and I'm just like go get coffee with my friend. And he was like, Well, I had a girlfriend who once orgasmed every like 26 times in a row. And I was like, Oh, sweetie. <laughs> I was like, Oh, honey, no, 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 no. That was fake. <laughs> And kind of had to like, explain that to him. And like, that's, that's like, that's a big one. Don't fake orgasms. And I know that we fake orgasms for a lot of legitimate reasons. Like when it comes to like safety and just trying to, if you're, if you're someone who experiences like painful sex, sometimes people fake orgasms, to like have it be over with. And like, I'm not trying to diminish anyone's experience, but faking orgasms. Does you a disservice? It does women a disservice. It does everyone with a vagina a disservice. And it ends up doing males a disservice because then they think that they have some kind of magical penis that's going to deliver pleasure to a vagina when vaginas actually have very few touch sensitive nerve endings and all of the pleasure center is in the clitoris. Right. So until
0: society sort of changes and catches up, you know and we can educate men a little bit more on what, you know, what women's pleasure is about and what women's orgasm is about. How can we help with Lori's question when it comes to shifting men's expectation without shaming them or alienating them or canceling them or whatever and helping them maybe uh, what I'm thinking is helping including them in that conversation, So what would make it easier, I'm wondering like your thoughts on this, like what would make it easier to have an open conversation during dating or before sex or during sex, like for both men and women or whatever body type you're in? Like how do we make that such, you know, between you and I, like how do we create some kind of language that is so common for people during sex that opens up some kind of dialogue so that everybody gets what they need?
1: I love that this, that this was kind of the direction, the question, because this is something I'm an expert in. We do it through dirty talk when you're dating somebody. And a lot of that open, that first dating is through Snapchat and it's through texting and it's through, and which is a much easier way to convey your needs in a hot, steamy way that doesn't feel like you're being vulnerable and putting something on the spot. So saying something is it's okay to be graphic, right? Yeah. To be like when you're like having sexting somebody instead of like jumping right to like the intercourse part, which we all do when we're watching like free tube sites of on Pornhub, is to be like, and then you know, you kiss down my stomach and like spread my legs and do like small circles around my clitoris until I like can't take it anymore. A person might read that, like a male person might read that and be like, oh shit, like a memory, like really. I'm like never even really okay, 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 okay. <laughs> or be like, and then I grab my vibrator while you're inside me and move it just right so that we come at the same time. It's kind of like unlikely that you're going to come at the same time, but it gets the message across. I'm bringing my vibrator into the bedroom mm-hmm. and I actually need it. And, and talk I, about and your I progress. want it, and
0: it could be sexy. And we could yeah, s- we could and make these make things it sexy. Hot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. My husband would probably kill me for saying this. He hadn't had like he had less. That uh, was like shocker. Had less sexual experience than I did. But when we uh hooked up the first time, because we had done so much sexting, he knew exactly what I wanted from oral sex because he just listened to my dirty talk and did exactly what I had said.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of this is really you know ec- you know educating women on how to do that, like what to say, how to say it. Um, you know, what we need is like a little check sheet. <laughs> you know, check here if you want slow circles. Check here if you want it hard and fast. Now send. <laughs> it
1: sends. If you want to know how to dirty talk, uh grab my book because there are exercises you can actually do with a dirty talking dictionary. Oh, I love this idea. ad libs for everybody to be able to do your dirty talking. This is per- like this is perfect. I want you to insert verb on my insert noun because it makes me so insert adjective
0: oh that's perfect everybody needs to buy Gigi angles book all the fucking mistakes a guide to sex love and life because it's so much more than just about mistakes it tells you how to correct those mistakes and get to the good stuff to tell your partner really what you want so okay before we end we got to talk alien vibrators what do you got oh what, my god
1: i mean the how could i possibly leave without talking about alien doldos <laughs> what's the deal my absolute crumb. I've never written a piece in my entire life where I was like, this, other than my book, of course, which I was basically a baby that I birthed out of my brain. I was like, this is my Magna Carta. <laughs> You're so young. <laughs> Fascinated by alien dildo. So tell people what, what is an alien dildo. An alien or fantasy dildo. Are dildos that are designed to look like either fantasy creatures, aliens, or something from myth- like mythology, something from sci-fi. You can find an orc dick, like from Lord of the Rings. You can find ones that look like dragon penises. You can find <laughs> ones that look like elf penises. They're colorful. They're handmade. They're sustainable, like made from sustainable, body-safe products. They are works of art so it's
0: like a cosplay um, thing but f- in dildo form
1: yeah I became interested in them because I was really interested in sort of uh into cause into interested in cosplay and furries and like kind of like fetish uh was really interested in like fetish stuff and then was told about how like you can get you- like for fantasy fetish play you can get these dildos that are like fantasy dildos and so they like be strap on
0: so that you can be part of your costume mm-hmm.
1: it depends well it depends on what you're doing if you're dressing up in full cosplay yes you could use them with I think most of them are strap are like a either strap on friendly,
0: friendly which is a yeah. strap on
1: like a, like a harness they fit a harness, in the harness uh, yeah, and they fit in them or you can just use them like you know with your hand on your partner as like a part of your fantasy and it really allows that kind of like fringe fantasy stuff that a lot like a lot of people are into but probably don't talk about come to life now
0: what is that like an alien abduction fantasy
1: well let me get into like the alien oh, okay. stuff. so I'm the sorry. aliens the no it's totally fine like don't worry I'm about sorry, it i'm going the down al- so many different alleys <laughs> yeah. right now my I, head. I was like the, i was like the the fantasy dildos are kind of like a broader it's sort of like the umbrella topic i'm kind of looking through these fantasy dildos and then I come across what's called an omnipositor and that is a a fantasy dildo that's an alien dildo that has these jelly eggs inside (gasps) of it and you can put it up of up your partner (laughs) and then deposit the egg inside your partner either anally or vaginally I know same that was like your exact reaction was like how I was looking at these (sighs) being like oh my god oh my god and so I was like I have have to pitch my editor inside hook about this and she was like how in the hell am i supposed to say no to alien <laughs> dildos with egg implantation get the hell out of here yes and so i went on this kind of like little journey figuring out like if it was safe why people are into it the most common reason for being into this is this alien abduction fantasy or right. like the common. alien yes but the aliens have abducted you and like the alien is like using your body as like a vessel to like carry its alien spawn, so you like get implanted with their eggs. And the and so I what I was really curious, weirdly enough, but I guess maybe I'm so like desensitized. I was like, is are those jelly eggs like safe though? Yeah, like, is that okay? They? Your badge? I, can, that feel, I can feel and, like the jade
0: egg controversy coming on, like the
1: well. So the eggs are made of like pure gelatin. Can you Sugar buy them free. on like
0: Etsy or what? Like, what?
1: You can buy them on the same fantasy dildo site, which is like in my inside hook article. Like they have them off depositors. They're the most popular fantasy dildos. Do they burst the eggs? Wait, I'm focused on the eggs. So the, <laughs> the, so the you know, trust me, I'm very, my eggs, the eggs are the thing that I'm the most interested in. And I looked this up cause I was like, my most, my angle was like, is this a safe thing to do for your body? And the eggs, you have to be careful about the product you're buying, but the eggs are hundred percent gelatin, sugar-free and completely organic. So your body will just dissolve them and they just oh, so they melt them. into your body. I, yeah, I guess. Like, are they the size of chicken eggs? Are they little?
0: I, I'm, I'm going to look it up. They're like egg size. They're egg size. Okay. They're, they're
1: jelly though. And your the, the dildo is already inside you. So like the egg implantation it's not like they're like sh- taking the egg and shoving it up your badge. It's like the, you already have the dildo inside the dildo inside. They, they leave the, the
0: egg. egg and inside then, and then of they you. do
1: like, kind of like a, it's like a squirt motion or they, they like squirt a push the motion. Egg out. And the Eggs,
0: Yeah. They leave the eggs inside of you.
1: Yeah. And you can, and like the, some, and occasionally, you know, the eggs don't always like absorb. Sometimes they get pushed out of the vagina. They won't in the anus because of the second ring of the sphincter. But, you know, sometimes they may come out of the vagina before they're fully melted. If you're
0: not a true breeder.
1: Yeah, and (laughs) that's, oh my God, that's really funny. I should be like, unless they fully melt inside you, you are not a true breeder. (laughs) It's it's this this breeding fantasy. Jesus, wow,
0: crazy,
1: crazy. So there's really, it's really incredible to see. And I love this because it's like, it really is, the ch- like the, the perfect example of how varied and crazy human sexuality really is.
0: It really is. And I love the combination of this sort of fantasy world of, you know, cosplay and the future, you know, like
1: taking it to sci-fi. And I'm when- also just like, I'm so here for people like expressing their sexuality and like having an, having a, the tools and ability to do that in such like a safe healthy body safe way. I'm like, you fucking do you like (laughs) you shoot all the eggs up your badge, girl. You do you, you want those like alien dildos up your butt. You fucking go hundred
0: percent. Like you get that dragon butt plug.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. You do it girl. You do it. Gigi. Can you tell
0: people where they can find you and how they can find out more about you?
1: Sure. So if you want to follow me, I am Gigi Engel, G I G I E N G L E. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. My website is www.missgigangle.com. That's M-I-S-S-G-I-G-I-E-N-G-L-E.com. And that's where you can find everything. Come and follow me because like I just want to be friends and hang out and talk about sex stuff with you. Let's talk about omnipositors, man.
0: And who does not want to be friends with Gigi Angle? I mean, she's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we just love and adore her here at The Trouble With Sex. Thanks so much for being a guest today. You just made my day.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's like getting interviewed by your idol. You're
0: fantastic. And all my sexy listeners, if you want to submit a question, you can write to us at Dr. Tammy at The Trouble With Sex. And for all of you, I hope you stay well, stay healthy, stay sexy have a question about your relationship your sex life or sexual wellness visit thetroublewithsex.com and click on ask dr tammy to send me your question for sex positive tips live events and updates join my mailing list and follow us at the trouble with sex on instagram the trouble with sex is produced by brandy Savitt and jane applegate our audio is designed by flavor lab new york city This episode was recorded by Bruce Hirschfield and mixed by JC Chow. Music by Bruce Hirschfield.